Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino, it's Throw the Flag with your hosts, Gooch. Him and his girlfriend, because his girlfriend also tried to run out of the field, but they stopped her. Mm. But this guy was able to elude authorities. And then there was also a security guard that got injured trying to tackle this guy. And Willie Ramirez. Gooch, I kid you not, I have thought about this several times. I have always wondered, like, if somebody were to hit the field in the Las Vegas Bowl, like just ru- just rush the field, like I have wished that they would get past some of the security and come my way. I just want to stick somebody. Mm-hmm. Even if it, even if I have to break my collarbone doing it, I've, it's kind of like a it is a secret little fantasy. On ESPN Las Vegas, and that's the bottom line. What's going on, guys? Gooch, Willie, throw the flag back again down here at the Treasure Island Sportsbook, Golden Circle Sportsbook to be exact, where you need to be. They got the food specials, drink specials. College football is on every single television. I've already lost track of how many TVs are in this joint. And what more needs to be said, dude? This week in football, I, I can't believe the amount of drama. We'll talk about it a little bit later. There's so much to get to, but first, I got to point something out. You got to know something about Willie, Willie Ramirez. He, he's a, he, he, I, I don't want to call you flashy, but you're shiny. Like you, 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 like there's something about you that always stands out. But today you came in, there's, there's an edge to you. There's a, you, you don't seem like the Willie Ramirez of 2022. I'm looking at, I, I, it's more Willie Will from the 80s. What's happening? Oh, man. Well, you know what they say. <laughs> you can take. You can take the person out the street, but you can't take the street out the person. And I'm, you know, last 48 hours, I'm feeling street. I'm feeling uh, old school. I'm, you know what, as they say, I'm feeling froggy. Yeah. I'm just hoping that somebody's ready to jump. I think the listeners heard that in the open when you described very passionately how much you would love to lay someone out who ran out on the field. Yeah. What's going on? Is, is, is there something happening? Is it, what's, what's firing you up? Oh, just life itself, you know, but you get through it. Um, going through a little social media cleanse, doing, going through my meditation. I'm definitely in grind mode on, in the gym. Mm-hmm. About eight days ago, sat down with, with the boy, uh, with the offspring, and he, he sort of got into me, set, set me straight a little bit mentally and physically and, and what I need to do. And I've been in grind mode. I'm showing up to different things with meals prepped, uh, showing up to some of our remotes, and I'm having them weigh my food for me. Wow. Uh, I went to a game last week, B- uh, BYU Notre Dame. I brought the food scale, and I weighed out my meals, my proportions. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for someone to test me. Um, you know, you, you got the new wave of the new school, new wave 2022 uh, uh, journalism folks. You got the new wave mentality of the younger generation. Um, and it's, you know, Gooch, we come from a – you're not that you're not that much younger than me, but you're not also you know you're, right. you're, you're kind of in the middle. Right. But you have an old school mentality because you, you you sort of been around and you understand that there used to be a time where you just kind of caught a backhand if you said the wrong thing or you acted the wrong way or you came across the wrong way. Someone may be due for one. And you know what? I want to touch on that a little bit later on in the show because you are absolutely right. I understand that you violence is never the answer, but sometimes that's not violence. That's not. That's called discipline. Okay. Like, back in the day, like, when we used to hang out at the clubs, like, there was a club called Tramps, there was a club called Shark Club. Both places, like, I caught backhands, and then was, but what, they were, like, from Big Brothers, like, people that I, I hung out with. Right. You just said the wrong thing. Um, street pharmacists, 
you know, you, you get a little cocky, you say, you say the wrong thing in the, in like the, in the public. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you get a little froggy, you get a little out of hand, and they got to put you in check. Maybe there are some people that need to be put in check. From what I'm hearing right now is healthy eating and quality exercise is what's making you most angry right now is what it feels <laughs> like. Well, it's, what it's doing is it, it's getting me back in the right mindset. And whenever I get back in the right mindset and I get along, this, along the lines of my son, yeah, because he was raised that way. He's caught plenty of backhands. Um, we, right before a Taekwondo tournament, one of the greatest stories of his Taekwondo career on a national level it was Western Regionals. It was getting ready to fe- see where he'd be seated for the Junior Olympics from the West Coast. And he goes through a re- he went through a regimen, got his Taekwondo bag ready, his, his dobok. Um, he'd be ironed. He'd have it over his sleeve. He'd have his shades on, his disc man back in the day with headphones, right? One time that we, we brought some family with us, some, some, some cousins, and they were like you know, 19, 20 year olds from the East Coast, so they were giggly and having fun, whatever, and they're all, you know, with me. And I'm in grind mode for him, right? And it's the morning of the tournament, and we all go, okay, let's go, getting ready to leave the hotel. We leave as a caravan, we walk in as a team. We were nationally ranked, it was big time. He forgot everything. Upstairs, I was like, where's your stuff, dude? I mean, normally you are, what's, yeah, where are you this morning? So we're walking back to the elevator, and he's, but, 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 bam! Backhand, right in the jo- and just a little trickle of blood came down the nose, and I said, and he he touched it. He looked at me, and I go, "Good." Now I hope you take it out on your competitors because you deserve that. That reminds me of Enter the Dragon. And by the way, he 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 uh, he TKO'd uh, his opponents, got the gold, and he was ranked number one on the West Coast to go to Junior Olympics that year. Dude, so See, well, and I think that's what it is. Just sometimes you just need a, a snap back to reality. Yeah, you and just a, need to. Be, you need, and, and I think that's one thing that is kind of lost on this is because. It could either be in the form of a backhand or just somebody pulling you aside and just giving you some real honest truth. Yes, sometimes you have to be truthful. Sometimes you have to show loyalty. Sometimes you have to speak from the heart. And sometimes people just don't accept that. They don't understand that these days. In 2022, it's, you know, it's, 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 I don't know, I don't understand the, like the woke. I don't know if that's the woke, where the woke thing is. But basically, there's a lot of people that need to be awoken. And sometimes they need to be set straight. And I'm just, you know, uh, the niceness of, of, of the, you know, the persona of Willie G, WG, William G, Ramirez, it's going to get put away for a little bit. Okay. People are going to be introduced the to, the, to the 80s and 90s Willie Will for a little bit. And if they don't like it, hey, step. You're going to start growing the hair out again like Willie Will did no, back in the 80s? No, 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 Because no. then they'd have to grow it down to the back, from, you know, <laughs> and all the way down to the back and everything. No, I'll just keep, you know, I'm just going to keep it cool, keep it cordial and everything. But I'm just... The kindness is getting put in the, put away for a while. You know, and I think that there's something going on with society where it's like they, they put this whole message out about love and kindness, but it's not really love and kindness. It's just shame, 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 shame. And a lot of the times we're shaming people that we don't even know the situation. We only know like one-eighth of the story, and we want to just heap all this stuff. And all it does is add pressure and stress. And I think really it has made Americans a lot less cordial to one another. And because of all this social media conversation back and forth, you're not getting to have that conversation with a person. You're not yeah. getting to see their facial yeah. reactions. You're just going. You're just looking at text. 
So everybody thinks they can be just as rude and vicious as they want. Exactly. And really, and all you're doing is just hurting your own cause. Snarky and smarmy people. So listen, we got a big show coming up. Let's let's get on to it. Let's let's get out of the anger talking and get into some fun talk. I like fun because this is one place where the blood pressure goes down a little bit. I enjoy myself. I do get fired up. The Adderall's kicking in. I got the coffee going. My guy Jed, two days in a row. By the way, this I I mean I love my guy Mateo, uh, the new guy James, whatever. But when Jed's on the scene, man, like I feel like I could get froggy with anybody and he would have my back. Well, like this dude, like I wouldn't mess with Jed. Well, we started the show with the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme music. So, yes. Both guys bald. Here, right? Here. Both guys stocky. Yeah. Yeah. I like it when the t- two of you are here. Now, right. now when Mateo's here, they're probably going to come to him and be like, hey, do you know where I can get some stuff? Because no. he throws off the- <laughs> he's no, Mateo- going very hairy. No, I, 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 Mateo would have my back in a heartbeat, too. I'm not because saying he wouldn't have like back. Jed would, Jed would be, like, in jujitsu mode, or, like, he would take you down and just ground and pound. Like, J- Mateo would be like, shank, shank, what? Yeah, but you Mateo know? also smiles on occasion. Jed, that's it is best. poker face 100%. Yeah, but that's the greatest. That's like what Ryan Reeves told us the first season. He says, it's when I smile when you know that you're in trouble. Ah. So, all right, big show coming up. Uh, UNLV football, bounce back night at home tonight. It's going to be on ESPN, by the way. Uh, they're hosting Air Force in what could be a major, major um, – this game could be have implications down the road in the standings. Uh, we're going to talk to Steve Cofield, my guy. Uh, he's coming on the show to talk about it. He, of course, does. he's on the broadcast team, the radio broadcast team. Uh, Russ Langer, Caleb Herring, that's coming up later on tonight, kickoff over at Allegiant 730. VGK season underway. They're 2-0-0. They play in Seattle tonight. We're going to bring in national hockey writer Stephen Wino with the Associated Press. He's going to talk hockey on the whole because one of the team, my favorite team from childhood, the New York Rangers. You know, I was born in Manhattan. So, um, what did you think of that first game? It was great. I, I had the, I, I like. Here's what's crazy. I'm three Amazing. and zero in handicapping Rangers games. I gave. I love the Rangers against the Lightning. I love the Rangers against Flurry and the Wild. Sorry, Lindsay. And I really liked Winnipeg last night because it was your third game, four nights, a lot of emotion being poured out with this Rangers team, and then they were due for a little bit of a letdown. Raiders are on a bye week, but one of my favorite guests that we've had on is former Super Bowl champ, local legend, Frank Hawkins. Now, you like hearing me talk about old Vegas. When Frank and I get on, you're going to be lucky to get a question, and I'm just giving you for your warning. I get it. No, I like it when you bring in your friends, though, because it gives me a little bit of taste of who Willie Will was back oh, in the yeah. day. I oh, like and it. And Frank's even older. So, big show, ESPN Las Vegas. We're at Treasure Island every single week, Gooch and Willie. So, Gooch, let me ask you this. Um, big breaking news this morning. Car- apparently, Carson Wentz busted his hand the other night. Yeah. He's not on your fantasy team. No, he? no. He's, oh. He shouldn't be on anyone's fantasy, fantasy team, team. Okay. okay? The fantasy is to not draft Carson Wentz. It's, wow. Is there a possible? You know, you, you look at franchises throughout sports, and what is going on with Washington? And you look at all the Daniel Snyder <laughs> rhetoric. You look at Ron Rivera fighting for Carson Wentz, like swearing on a microphone, saying that he was the one that, that put his name out there to get Carson Wentz. It's like it was fired up. It is, is there a more scrutinized franchise in all of sports? Well, you know, the good thing is, is our guest coming up, Stephen Wino, he is – based in Washington DC. He covers the Commanders, but he's one of the most form- he's one of the foremost uh, NHL writers. So he's really I mean he's he's in tune. He's the national hockey writer, but he also covers the Commanders. So we could talk to him a little bit about the Dan Snyder situation and what's going on. I mean, this dude, I mean, I when he brought up the Billionaire Boys Club and and whatnot, I mean, the very first thing I pictured was Nino Brown standing up 
in, 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 in New Jack City talking about this, this, this just runs more deep than, than Nino Brown. The Cash Money Brothers runs deep. And he starts dropping names, and he says he's taking everybody down with him. I mean, that's what I was thinking. See, I was thinking De Niro and the Untouchables with the baseball bat. Like somebody's well, walking no, but, around well, the table. Well, no, but that's no. So no, 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 no. So you got to understand, <laughs> Dan Snyder's about to be a snitch. He's threatening to be a snitch. Nito Brown was the ruthless guy that was about to be a snitch. De Niro is kind of going to be like like Mark Davis. Like, okay, team, yeah, team, okay, okay. Team. And now you got to take out the snitch. You know, that's that's how I sort of picture it. So, it, it's a, have you have we ever seen somebody do this before? It's like if I go, everybody's coming with me. I mean to. To let a story like this get out, insane. it is it it's is insane. it is Don't Cobra Commander stuff. All right, let's let's we're gonna we're gonna table that and talk a little, maybe touch on that with uh, Stephen Wino again. Uh, Gucci and Willie, ESPN Las Vegas, throw the flag now. Coming up after this show, immediately, mm. Phillies Braves, Game Four, broadcast right here on ESPN Las Vegas. So this is a huge game because. The Phillies, they're looking to get back to – they won their first home game, home playoff game since 2011. They're looking to get back to the NL Championship Series. Speaking of the Phillies, how about the Las Vegas Phillies? Bryson Stott and Bryce Harper, part of the six-run rally yesterday that put them up 6 nothing immediately. Bryson Stott slaps a double to the right field. It was beautiful. Bryce Harper later in the inning strokes a shot. Um, he hit a double later on in the game. It, it was fantastic to see. I'm a Dodger guy, but if there's a ch- NLCS championship series, I'd love to see it be the Dodgers and Phillies. And if I can't get my Dodgers in there, they went down two games and one. I am so pulling for the Phillies, more than anything for Bryson Stott. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely want to see Las Vegas get represented. I mean, that was amazing. And then that, that, that home run shot where he threw the bat on the ground. I mean, that's like something we're going to see forever. That, that, that bat spike is one of the most... It's like a Kurt Gibson moment for me, like when I saw it. You know, him rounding the bases yeah. and pumping his fist. It was awesome. I I was texting with his mother, and I think she was there because she did, she texted me. I just put LFG, and she put Let's Go, and then I didn't. And then I sent her a video of a quick clip, we a video clip of me and Cofield talking about it because it was on this screen right here. So we talked about it a little bit. So I'm excited for her, Shanna Stott, hometown family, Shanna Stott. Derek Stott, quarterback for UNLV back in the 90s as the father. Uh, Brianna Stott, who's a a three- or four-time national championship with the UNLV cheer team. So couldn't be happier for a nicer family in this community. This is a guy who will come back at some point in time with greatness, legend on his name, and do for the community. Um, I wanted to talk about, maybe we'll save it, but I've been watching uh, because we're a minute out for the break. You, do you watch Cobra Kai? I don't. I keep trying to find time, and I haven't watched it yet. Any of it? I have never watched it. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, you got to get into it. But I know I, Brad Ertz. He's on the show. Because I have started. Uh, I have. I'm, I'm into. I've started season five. Part of my cardio regimen, as I said, back on the gym grind. So I am tuned in. Um, and I've already reached out to a couple of uh, agency, talent agencies and whatnot. I'm trying to get some of the actors on the show. I, I really want to get Martin Cove. I want to get Peyton Lane, the, who plays Tor. I mean, just it's it's this is a really good, this season I really like and it's there's parts of it to take that's taken me back to the days of when Jordan trained on a national level he was invited to Colorado Springs to train at the uh, United States Taekwondo facility at the, uh, at the with the Olympic team. So this sh- show kind of gives you a little bit of an insight of what it's like to be from a karate level, yeah. but but there's also the sinister side of it. There's oh, a lot. Of they yeah, brought yeah. back a lot of the old characters and the nostalgia. From, yeah, yeah. It's very it's very well done, very well written. The young stars are what brings it out because like Ralph, Ralph Macchio is still a corny guy right. to me. But anyway, hey, 
We're off to a good start. The anger issues have come down just slightly. Uh, my guy, Jose, shout out to him. He's listening, and he already shouted out. You can take the, uh, the, the, the boy out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the boy. So he knows what I'm talking about. It's Willie. It is Gooch. We are at Treasure <laughs> Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. I got Jed on my left, Lindsey's quarterback in the show, back in the studio, ESPN Las Vegas. We're back right after this. Now, back to Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch. All right, guys, throw the flag back again. Golden Circle Sportsbook down here at the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. I, Gooch, to my left, Willie Ramirez, and now it's my favorite segment, throw the flag. I get to pick the entrance music. I get to pick the topics. It's all about me. So I wanted to talk about the topic that's pretty much on every Las Vegas Raiders fan's minds, and I'm not condoning what he did. But I have to throw the flag at anyone overreacting to Devontae Adams' shove that happened on Monday Night Football following the Chiefs' loss. Nobody on earth enjoyed watching the clip that's been circulating on social media. But there are people, and the same Twitter tough guys that you and I talked about, or gaslighting losers who have to play the victim, who go as far as to say he should be booted from the league for shoving this guy. Now, I know the photographer was injured. And I do believe a game suspension, maybe even allegedly. two. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. 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 They're saying he got he had a uh, concussion. He's, he's saying that, he's yes. He's saying that. Right. And I'm, I just, I'm just helping you out. Right, right, right. You're, you're, you're a rock jock. Right. You say that properly because someone someone decides on air check. That's the word, right? Yes. They decide to say, who's this guy in Vegas? Okay, allegedly. So there's an alleged concussion that happened to the photographer. And didn't look like his head hit the ground, but whatever, okay? He was allegedly injured. There should be a game suspension, maybe two, because he was at work in his uniform. This isn't like the Alva Kamara situation that happened in Vegas, who's being accused of assault in his street clothes, off the clock, on a non-NFL establishment. Yes, the video of that is ugly, but this is a totally different situation. This is for everyone to see on national television. I know football is a violent game, okay? But... It is, it, 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 is it his job to act like a good employee while on the clock? And that means not shoving a photographer who was in the way, no matter how emotional he was at the time. I understand that the collapse probably would have upset any one of us. But this is a true crime of passion. And I hope Devontae recovers from this scratch on his character because you go down the line from his college days. This guy has just been hailed as one of the nicest guys on the planet. And Kansas City has already charged him with a city ordinance violation. And now one theme park in Kansas City called Worlds of Fun is great. They probably did it for publicity, but they issued a permanent ban over this push. And it's like all these people who believe they're holier than thou, they, they just they need him to be punished. It's almost orgasmic for them to see a famous person get punished. They're the type of people that like to watch the, the Kardashians. Because they just like to watch the circle because it takes off it takes off the, the spotlight on what's going on in their life. And it's not like he's not going to have to go to court. It's not like he's got to have to deal with stress. Taco Bell has to be reconsidering having him for a spokesperson. The guy is already in a lot of trouble. But people pretending like he's Jeffrey Dahmer, stop it. I'm throwing the flag at you. Okay, first of all, the people of Worlds of Fun should be banned from going to Raiders games. How's that? I mean, I don't think, the, I like I don't think Devontae Adams like is – I don't think in his spare time he's like, hey – Let's take the kids to Worlds of Fun in Kansas City. So I don't, right. I, I really don't think that Devontae Adams' life is is going to be upside down because of that. Yeah, Devontae's like, number I don't two. get to ride the tilt-a-whirl? Number two, I'm going to throw the flag at you. Oh, what? He should not be suspended for any games. You said one or two. So 
There's an angle. Forget the the sky-high angle. There's an angle from behind him. Yeah, I saw that one. Where the cameraman pops up in his, just out of nowhere, like right in front of him, closer than you and I are right, right now, popped up. You're in an opposing stadium where it's the loudest stadium in the NFL. You just lost a close game. There's no telling with what's going on in society. I'm not justifying that you shove someone to the ground, and if this guy's hurt, then sorry to him. But he had every right in the world to at least move the guy out of now. The part that I say that I've been saying is there's the, like, he reared back. There's like a half second where he rears back with his arms and then full-on shove. He could have at least pushed, like, not. So there's a difference between push and shove. Right. But if you look at that angle, the way the guy just pops up in his, in his, if I'm a, a millionaire professional athlete and I'm wondering what the, I'm Gooch. In a hostile listen, environment? Do you remember the earthquake that took the, the, the two point whatever a couple of weeks ago here in Las Vegas yes. at Register? I was roaming the perimeter of my house with the Glock clocked. Remember, so, were you the one that posted or was maybe someone on, on the Cofield? But someone, because I, I said, I even put it on my Twitter. I was like, Okay, well, I didn't know what that earthquake was, and I, I had my Glock clocked. I was, I was I was walking around the house going, okay, what is it? And my dog's running around. I didn't know what it was because I thought I just heard my back wall rattle. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking someone jumped over, maybe jumped over the wall and caught themselves on my – jumped over the, the wall between two homes and kind of braced themselves on my side wall. And then – so now you got some guy in an opposing stadium. You're leaving the field after a close game, and he jumps – the reaction was so fast that he didn't have time to look to see if it was a camera event. He just saw a guy in front of him. Now, he did shove as hard as he could. What about the guy that was with him with the Raiders gear that looked down and kept moving? Shouldn't he be in front of him anyway, like security, like when we see uh, Nick Saban or, or, or Urban Meyer? Well, he's no longer coaching. But, like, these big-time coaches, they've got, like, 12 guys around yeah. them. I mean, Devontae Adams is big enough to maybe team security. If he's walking off after doing a whatever he was doing, was it an interview? He was coming up late. He was shaking hands. Bottom line is, I don't think he, I think he should be fined because he shouldn't be having his hands on anybody. There should be someone there in front of him, but I don't think he should be suspended. Now, again, it's just for the just for the from the look of it. I mean, he is a huge guy, and when his arms extended, again. There has to be some kind of a, a message sent to other players, and that's all I was saying. There's it's a, like I don't necessarily – The trajectory of his yes. shove was not – you could tell he was – I don't was believe a, he, he meant to hurt anyone. No, he didn't mean to – but he was meaning to get this guy, and he, he could have just – he could have one-armed him out of the way. Right. I mean, he shoved him harder than he does a defensive back off the line of scrimmage. Right. That's what I was thinking. But, again, we have rules. Like – and there's we have rules with, with media credentials that you're not allowed to be in for like when I go to the Rebel game, you can't be in front of the tunnel. Now, but you know what? There's security holding those people back. Now, my deal is just because this guy is a giant human being doesn't mean that he doesn't get scared like the rest of us. Right. And we don't want to we don't want to admit that guys like that can get scared when people run out in front of them because we think they can handle everything. Look, man, if somebody runs out in front of you in a hostile hostile situation, you don't know how you're going to react. So all these people that want to look at things in hindsight and pretend like they would know exactly how they would react, it really does disgust me, and that's one of the things I hate the most about social media. Moving on, and if you're going to get mad at Devontae Adams, then you better get even more mad at Draymond Green, who deserves so many flags thrown at him and his horse teeth. I'm throwing the flag at the Warriors, though. 
for not punishing him because he sucker punched Jordan Poole. He sucker punched him, who weighs 30 pounds less than Draymond. That could have fractured Poole's eye socket. This is an up-and-coming star in the NBA. He's coming off the bench, and he, I really do think like it's going to be like Manu Ginobili-esque. That's how his career is going to be if he stays on the Warriors. Unlike Devontae's situation, Draymond had a moment to stop and think before he decided to sock a teammate in the face like a straight-up punk, and I'm calling him a punk for that. I used to stick up for Dre because every great dynasty has an enforcer, but now he's enforcing his own team. How many more instances is it going to take before the Dubs decide to drop him? They already have an athletic defender in Andrew Wiggins that can cover the perimeter. He could pass, too. That's Draymond's biggest thing is the passing, but Wiggins could do all that and score better than Draymond. And without him, they're still the best team in the league. Trade him and continue to add even more pieces to the dynasty. See you later, Dre. I've seen enough. Yeah, it's it. That's a that's a weird one because like, you you almost want to think, okay, well, what's the difference between him punching somebody in? You know, is it because his teammate that he's not being charged with assault? He just walked up and, and just stole on him. Yeah. So I mean, so Jordan Poole didn't file a police report and claim a concussion and head injuries and headaches and so on and so forth. But this dude busted his face. Right. Right. So, you know, uh, Draymond came out immediately. And and about, he he acknowledged his actions um, with no excuses. Took it took took some time away. Um, this would be something where you'd say, okay, maybe he needs to take some anger management issues because in the past ha- he's been accused of low blows, kicking guys in the nads during Dude, a, during he, a during a game. You a know, finals so, game. He right. did it to LeBron in right. 2016. Well, yeah, but he's done this multiple yes, times. It's not yes. just Le- See, but I mean, the, the best player in the league, he's done it too. But regardless, Cooch, I know. I Cooch, know. Regardless, I know. I mean, if I go up and punch you, or I go up and punch him, I'm not. The people aren't going to go. They're going to go. Willie's got an anger issue. Or they're, they're gonna not going to go. Thanks, they're not gonna go it's that cop guy. <laughs> well, no. So is the civilian from St. Louis who's here visiting people in Tre- Treasure Island. Right. So it doesn't matter if it's LeBron or Steph Curry or the, the or Jordan Poole. You know, or Jordan Poole. Yeah. It's, it's somebody, you know, and it's a teammate. And that's the thing with, 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 with Dre is this is constant. It is chronic, this behavior. This is, I understand. Look, I've got a temper. You, saw, you know, you got a temper. I'm sure we've all done some things in the heat of the moment where we go, oh, man, I really wish I didn't do that. But you know what we're not, Willie? We're not millionaires that have all the attention on us, mm. and we have to act like that accordingly. Draymond gets away with it because it's part of his character. It's almost part of his brand. It's like he does this for commercial purposes. It's like he does this so we can get more people to listen to his podcast. It's like he's doing this for life after basketball. ESPN Radio 1100. Uh, throw the flag right here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Oh, man. Catch your so breath, bro. You, I mean, going let me help on. you out a little bit. All right, listen. Just, whew, when we I'm come back, up. listen, <laughs> we are we are uh, a quarter of the way through. We've hit the quarter pole. Gooch is out of breath. My anger issues are up and down all over the place. So I'm going to get another <laughs> cup of coffee. It's ESPN Las Vegas. Game four, Phillies Braves coming up right after us here on ESPN Las Vegas. So make sure you stick around. we got a full slate of sports all day because Rebel Football is going to be played and at Allegiant and 6 p.m. ESPN Las Vegas, Magnum and Paloma on the pregame, 7 p.m. on Learfield with Russ Langer and Caleb to get you started. Kickoff with Russ, Caleb, and Steve Cofield. Cofield joining us in later in the 10 o'clock hour. When we come back, it is national NHL writer and also commander's beat writer from Washington, D.C., Stephen Wino, William Gooch from Treasure Island on Throw the Flag. Yeah, there's one line I didn't like their puck management at all to start the game, so you flip it around, uh, try to get their attention, hold them accountable, all of the above, find different 
maybe that's not their night. You'll see a lot of that. Now, back to Throw the Flag. Yeah, bringing it back. Bringing it back, baby. Little, Willie Will. Little, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> Willie Will feeling a uh, little run DMC Peter Piper action for you. That's the sounds of Bruce Cassidy earlier this week. Um, might have been yesterday from the Golden Coach of the Golden Knights. They're up in Seattle and uh, joining us right now from the East Coast, Washington, D.C., national NHL writer and also writer uh, out of D.C. covering the Commanders, Stephen Wino. Stephen, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. How are you? Well, you know, here's the thing. You caught us on a, on a, on a weird morning. I, I have, like, completely taken the journalism hat off, and I've jumped back to the 80s, and I'm feeling like some – like the angry street guy that I was back then in the 80s, oh, 90s when yeah. I was just a kid. And, and Gooch just – And he, I'm feeling like a six-year-old like I was in the 80s. He, so he, he's out of breath. But his anger issues, he wants to punch Draymond Green right now after the previous talk <laughs> that we just had. Um, you have to be excited that hockey is back. But before we get to hockey, breaking news this morning about Carson Wentz. He broke his hand Thursday versus the Bears. Is this addition by subtraction or will his absence be felt in the lineup? I mean, I, look, I, I actually uh, – you, know, you never want to see anyone get hurt. Full stop. But Ron Rivera's only the, the leash on, on Carson Wentz was always infinite unless he got hurt. Ron Rivera had had basically hitched the him his own reputation and the season to Carson Wentz. So unless Carson got hurt, he was going to be the quarterback. Now, is Taylor Heineke a better quarterback than Carson Wentz? Just objectively, no. He, he's not the prototypical NFL quarterback, but he knows how to win games. We saw how he almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. He was a, a serviceable starting quarterback last year. I, the commanders will be fine. It'll just be they'll, they'll just be different with Taylor Heineke instead of Carson Wentz if that's the case. Now, look, I know we're supposed to talk NHL, but I have one more commanders question for you. So, the big report about Daniel Snyder saying he's going to take all these owners with him if they take the team away from him. How many owners do you? Okay, for starters, just how powerful is Daniel Snyder, and how many owners do you believe he could take with him if he does end up losing the commanders? I, 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 I mean, I'm sure he could, but this is like mutually assured destruction, and I think other owners do know that. That a not only not even just Dan Snyder, but all so many of these owners have skeletons in their closet. It's not like the, all these guys are squeaky clean, and, and none of them have anything have done anything wrong along the way. So it, part of the reason why there hasn't been a vote on Dan Snyder, and there is no plan to have a vote on Dan Snyder, is because. This could happen to any of the owners. It is essentially like this happens to salary cap management in the NHL. No one's like, oh, let's get rid of long term injured reserve because they want to use it later. These same owners might have maybe not these significant of scandals, but may have other things that if private investigators or another owner or someone else wants to go find them out, they can. I don't know how many he could bring down, but they're certainly not. These guys are good at keeping secrets. There, but if Dan Snyder wants to, yeah, of course he could. Oh, man, I can't even imagine. Just, just, the, just the thought of a snitch is not good for me. It breaks me out in a rash, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Wino from uh, out on the East Coast, Washington, D.C., with the Associated Press, national hockey writer. So let's jump into that right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Throw the flag with Gooch and Willie. Hey, the Rangers lost last night, but it was also their third game in four nights. Bit of a letdown after sending Flurry off the ice early the other night. Uh knocking off the defending champs, or excuse me, the defending Eastern Conference champs in a rematch of last year's conference final. A lot of expectations with the blue shirts. What do you think of the Rangers and Gerard Gallant? 
Well, they weren't going to go 82 and 0, but this is a, this is a better team than I expected. And, and, and talking to Captain Jacob Truba last month in Vegas for the NHL Paramedia Tour about expectations, he said, "Look, I, I know we were in the Eastern Conference Final, on the verge of the Cup Final, but we were also a game away from losing in five in the first round. So I think there's a good amount of measured expectations internally on the Rangers. But man, they're fast. That is a that is a quick young team. When you talk about what the new NHL looks like, it's the New York Rangers. It, it, it's Jared Gallant." who is a, a great coach in that he can, and you guys saw this, he can adapt to the kind of talent he has. He's a little yes. bit like Barry Trotz in that way, yes. in that he's not coaching one particular style. He says, here's the, 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 the tools and the players at my disposal, and, and this is how my team is going to play. And, and that's what the Rangers are. They're young, they're fast. Uh, he, he doesn't, he, uh, so unlike some kind of older veteran coaches, he trusts younger players. Alexei Lafreniere getting a, a chance when there's injuries and, and, and trusting Capococco and those kind of guys, even after benching him in the playoffs last year. This is what Gerard Gallant is good at. And you've got a guy in Igor Shosturkin who can steal a game on any given night. I, I don't know what they're going to do come playoff time. This is a fun team to watch. So Tampa Bay repeated in 20 and 21, and the Avs just won last year, and they're favored to repeat this year. And how difficult is that going to be? It's going to be tough, and it always is. There's a reason why you don't see a whole lot of repeat champions in the NHL, really in any sport, but just the, the toll of playing so much hockey over a period of time. We've, already, we've seen it with Tampa. I think, I think the Lightning did run out of gas after getting to the Cup Final last year, after all the kind of miles added up on that team. If you said Darcy Kemper's back, Powell Francis' back, the whole team is back, yeah, they can absolutely do it. Alexander Georgiev and goal is, is the biggest question for me of, of whether Colorado can repeat or whether Pavel Francouz winds up at some point becoming the number one goaltender there, what kind of 1A, 1B split we see from, from Jared Bednar uh, and Colorado. But, look, all the pieces are there. Nathan McKinnon signed long-term. Cal McCarr signed long-term. They're in their prime. Miko Rantanen uh, and, and, and Gabriel Landeskog are in their prime. Let's not forget Samuel Girard, who, who, who broke his stern in the middle, middle of that playoff run last year, and they still won. This is, this is a great team. I mean, they're, they're, there's, you don't know how, what's going to happen in terms of matchups and injuries come playoff time. But, yeah, I mean, this, is, this is a team that, that there's a reason why all the sports books have them favored to, to repeat. Nobody better on the national hockey scene than Stephen Wino, Associated Press, uh, right here with Gooch and Willie on Throw the Flag, ESPN Las Vegas. So, you know, Stephen, we're seeing concussion issues in the NFL. You cover the commanders. I believe you did a piece earlier this year on guardian caps, which I had done a story a while back, several years back, uh, when Vernon Fox uh, brought them here with a high school football team he was coaching. How has the NHL taken an approach with the safety protocols? Do they pay attention to what's going on with the other leagues and just this, you know, this uptick with concussions? Yeah, there, there's regular conversations between uh, Bill Daly, Gary Bettman, the, and the NHL folks and, and other leagues. But several years ago, the NHL finally put in a, a very comprehensive concussion protocol, uh, including concussion spotters. Uh, and, and we've seen it a few times, including with goalies, where guys get pulled out of the game after, after head contact, and, and sometimes they feel fine and, and get pulled. It's almost like protecting people from themselves in a certain way with concussion protocols. And the league has gotten better at it. We've seen fighting decrease just naturally because of the salary cap and the way rosters are built and the need for younger players and faster players and more skill and all that. So I think organically that's helped. And the NHL has put in rules. There's the hit on Scott Stevens had on Eric Lindros back in 2000 
was legal at the time, and, and, and it was a, a, a big, hard hit, and it would probably be a 10-game suspension now. The league has, has paid attention to it. Is it anywhere near perfect? No. And, and there's still kind of a, a, a looking back into the past, the not wanting to acknowledge or, or legally not being able to acknowledge guilt or, or, or lack, of, or, or lack of, of kind of rules to put in place for some of these concussions. But you have to give the league a lot of credit for taking some steps toward, how, toward reducing concussion. Yeah, it doesn't seem that the concussion talk is as commercial as it is in the NFL as it would be in the NHL. So uh, let's move on to the Vegas Golden Knights, talk a little bit of local flavor. Just tell us about Bruce Cassidy. Vegas is already 2-0-0. That first game was amazing. What do you think about Bruce Cassidy so far? He, I think he's a top three coach in the NHL. I, I, have, I have nothing but time for Bruce Cassidy as a coach, as a person. He's, he's great with media members. He, he's Here's the thing with Bruce Cassidy is, is he is straightforward and honest to his players when he's talking publicly. There, there's not a whole lot of secrets there. And, and what I love about Bruce is he basically says, here's my team, go beat it. And while all these coaches are trying to search for that little edge and no, I'm not telling you my starting goalie, no, I'm not telling you my lineup, he's just saying, he, he comes out and says, this is my team, this is it. And, and, and then that team is usually good enough to win. And, and maybe the Boston Bruins needed a kind of a change at that position after he'd been there for six years. They let him to the playoffs six consecutive years. I, I remember when, when Bruce Cassidy was in Washington many, many years ago, his first head coaching job, he was young, he was arrogant, and he, went to the, and he got fired deservedly and, 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 mentioned, and knows it now that he was not a good coach then. He went to the minors, he bided his time, uh, the second chance that Bruce Cassidy is getting as an NHL head coach, he's showing why he's one of the best in the business. Oh, we're so glad that there was a fallout. ESPN Radio 1100, 100.9 FM. We're speaking with Stephen Wino from the Associated Press, talking NHL. And how? what is the possibility of BJ, BGK hitting the postseason? I, I, I think there's a good chance. And, and you always have changes in the NHL. Like, everyone tries to say, oh, it's the same eight teams every year. It, it, it's almost never the same eight teams in each conference every year. The, the big goal question, just like with Colorado, is, is goaltending. And Logan Thompson played great the other night. And, and, and if, if he really is the guy that Vegas saw in a small sample size last year, then there's plenty of talent on this team. I mean, if Jack Eichel is himself, and he certainly looks like himself, Mark Stone's a hell of a player. Uh, this is, this is a, a team built not only to make the playoffs, but to win the Stanley Cup. And, and, and goaltending, obviously, with Robin Leonard being out, was, is kind of the big gaping hole. If Logan Thompson's a revelation and, and, and that good, the sky's the limit on what the team can do. So, Stephen, and you and I talked last year, and you and John Wyro also, who, do fanta- who does a fantastic job on the national scene, um, in sort of, if you will, coaching, guiding me a long way, when Jack Eichel got here and then when he went through his surgery and, you know, assisted with getting some stuff from Buffalo as he was about to make his, um, his team debut with the Golden Knights, and I know when he went through back there, him and I had an off-the-record conversation uh, in the locker room uh, the first day the locker rooms were open, and I sort of introduced myself and said, hey, here's what I'm looking at this season. I'm kind of looking forward to getting to know you on a personal level. Um, do you think that this could possibly be a fresh start, you know, for his character, regardless of what took place in Buffalo? You know, he even made mention. He was like, hey, when I was playing with, you know, broken ribs or whatever it was, cracked ribs, or he was hurt, the, the local media loved me. When all of a sudden, when I wanted to have the surgery my way, then all of a sudden I was, you know, bad for the locker room and so and being called selfish, so whatever. Is this a fresh start? Is this a good environment for him? Is this what you've always known for the first five years of this team in that locker room? Is this a good spot for him? 
it, it, anywhere would have been a fresh start, honestly. Like, I, he had to get out of Buffalo. It was a bad situation for everybody there. What makes this a great situation for Jack Eichel is he doesn't have to be the guy. In Buffalo, he was the focal point. He was the guy drafted after McDavid. He was the, the face of the franchise. And in Vegas, he doesn't have to be that. And, and, and that's what has been kind of Vegas' identity, this Golden Knights team identity along the years, is there doesn't have to be one guy. Marc-Andre Fleury was initially the face of the franchise, but they've shifted through so many players over the years that, I mean, unfortunately for fans there, you can't get too comfortable with anyone because you don't know who's going to be out the, out the door next. But Jack that's... Eichel is probably a little bit like Taylor Hall, better at being a supporting cast player. That doesn't mean he's not a star in the league and, and can very much carry a team on a given night. But knowing he doesn't have to do that makes him better off. And, and I think having a little bit, I don't want to say less pressure, because there certainly is pressure on him to establish himself as a, as a, to be healthy, first of all, but also be a superstar in this league. But there's not the pressure to be the guy every night. When you have enough, so much talent around you, which is the opposite of, of his entire time in Buffalo, you can, you can expect maybe a little bit less out of him, but then he can under-promise and over-deliver. And, and Jack Eichel, that's, that's the best place for him to be. If he were somewhere where he's got the C on his chest and he's the focal point every night, that's probably not good for him. And, and, and some players like that, that sort of spotlight, and some guys don't. And I think Jack Eichel can thrive not being the guy. Stephen Wino with the Associated Press here with Gooch and Willie on Throw the Flag, ESPN Las Vegas. Stephen, i got one more for you. You know what this team has been has done in the past at the deadline. They're, they've been known for splashy moves offseason and the deadline. If there's one player that's sort of maybe under the microscope or just kind of you know right there where they know that he's expendable or we can keep him, who is the one guy that stands out that's known – um, that we could see get moved. I know it's only two games in, but just in general, like who would you look at and say, this is the guy at the deadline that they would deal if they have to go get somebody else? For, for Vegas or around the league? No, for Vegas. Yeah, I, I don't know that, that, that Kelly McCrimmon has a whole lot of, of manu- room to maneuver on the salary cap. And, and that's, that's the problem right now is he doesn't have enough room. He's going to be in, in LTIR space for the, the entire balance of the season. And, and it's what, what got this team into, in, into salary cap trouble last year when all the injuries happened. You would have thought a year ago it was a guy like Logan Thompson, and, and maybe now it's a, it's a Nick Hague, because that contract is, was set up exactly to get them into the maximum LTR, LTR space. And I know this team, it, it probably is Nick Hague, and, and, and Keegan Colesar has become a player who, who is a key part of this team now. But when you talk about needing to make a move, there are manageable salaries on this team that they can move. Chandler Stevenson's become a heck of a player there. But there are guys there, probably Nick Hague would be the most likely to move because if you're saying this team needs one more forward or one more veteran defenseman, a team at $2.3 million would absolutely take a flyer on a 23-year-old, defense, a 23-year-old left-shot defenseman like Nick Hague. There you hear it. Stephen Wino, Associated Press. Check him out at S. Wino on Twitter. Stephen, we appreciate your time. Know you're busy back there. Hockey underway. Commanders breaking news this morning, but taking time out always for ESPN Las Vegas. Steve, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. All right. So there you go, Gooch. Update from one of the most respected national uh, hockey writers. He knows, I mean, 
he knows a lot inside this Golden Knights locker room, if not San Jose's, L.A.'s, all around, and he's dialed in, so always appreciate his time. When we come back, it's Gooch's favorite uh, segment outside of him throwing the flag because we get to get free picks, and he's excited because he's coming off of a win. Gooch, Willie, throw the flag, Treasure Island, ESPN Las Vegas. I like winning. Before I ever ran a casino or got myself blown up, Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. I'm serious. I had it down so cold. There you go. I like money. You like money. It's America. Capitalism. Yummy. Once again, throw the flag back at the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Golden Circle. Gooch, Willie Ramirez. Now it's time for the gambling segment. We give our picks. Willie. No, you're eight. going first this week. Buddy. Okay, I'm just letting you know. I'm letting okay. everyone know. Willie is 8-1-1. One, and one. He's had quite, quite a run. Me, on the other hand, 6-4. and four. I'll take my lumps. Now, I'm going first because, I don't know, last week you went first. I've I'm been going, going first, first the past week. few weeks because yes. you felt like it was going to like, so, like cleanse you or and something. And it did. It yeah. did. I'm t- I think the last two weeks I've won. So I do feel cleaner. I, feel, I can look at myself in the mirror. I can make eye contact with myself. I'm a grown-up man. Now, the pick I'm going with, I'm going with Seattle plus three over the cards. Now, Seattle Seahawks, Cardinals defense, both, of, both squads are horrendous. Horrendous. It's an NFC West showdown. I get it. Maybe some kind of rivalry thing might kick take place but you can't deny how good geno smith is playing this year i do not believe kyler murray's playing very good at all and it just seems like that team is in complete flux i don't know what's going on with the cardinals but it just seems like the seahawks are on the rise and they're only get they're actually underdogs by three points so i'm taking seahawks that was a roundabout way to get where you were going yeah but, but yeah. uh I'll i have attention it. deficit i didn't have it at or all like some people okay I only had half a one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going to – so here's the thing. This The, the game I'm going to give out, the line did move. I bet it like seconds after – what's crazy is it was between the firing of Matt Rule and then the breaking news that uh, Baker Mayfield was walking around with a high ankle sprain and a, a walking boot. So I like caught it in between that. So the line hadn't l- really darted. It didn't really move a tick. I think, I think it was Monday. Um, and I might have been on the air with Steve Cofield during our uh, Twin Peaks remote. And I was uh, I messaged a buddy of mine, who uh, my partner, and I was like, hey, get this in at 9.5. And, and then the breaking news, and by the time he it went to 11.5, because at the end of the show, Jonathan Vaughn told JVT he came on. And I still like the Rams minus 11. I think that. You know, they have to they haven't been playing their best football. We're waiting to see what the heck's going on with the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, you know, they they've just they haven't looked like themselves. The line went from nine, nine and a half up to eleven. It's back down to ten. Um, they tend to say, you know, after a firing, a team sort of comes together, there's a different outlook. But the problem is they have a they have a quarterback situation. And I'm just not sure that this team can travel across the country against a defense that we have yet to see the best of the Rams. They have to flex their muscles against somebody. I don't know who, but it makes sense. The Panthers have uh, failed to cover eight of their last nine against NFC opponents. The Rams, 
The favorites 4-0 in the last four meetings in this matchup. I'm going to go with the Rams. That's going to be my free pick. I even think with Baker Mayfield they'll cover because that team was bad with him at the helm. All right, well, first hour's uh, in the dust. We've gotten through anger issues. Hey, don't forget, coming up after this show, Phillies and Braves, game four right after us here on ESPN. Later tonight, UNLV football is on ESPN. So you want to make sure to check out 6 o'clock, the pre-pre with Magnum and Paloma. 7 o'clock, Learfield taking over Russ and Caleb. And then 7.30 kickoff, Russ, Caleb, and Steve Cofield. Cofield's joining us in the next hour. But coming up after this break, former Raider Frank Hawkins, local legend with Gooch and Willie, throw the flag at Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas. I'm aware of what I'm aware of at this point, which is uh, honestly isn't too, too much. I, I mean, I know what happened and, and those kind of things. Uh, I've spoken to Devante. I mean, I support Devante wholeheartedly as a human being, as a person. He's a great guy. Before, before I answer anything else, I want to apologize to the guy. Some, some guy running off the field, and he ran, uh, like jumped in front of me. And we coming off the field, and I bumped into him and kind of pushed him, and then he ended up on the ground. So I want to say sorry to him for that because that was just frustration mixed with him running and, and literally just running in front of me. And that was shouldn't have shouldn't responded that way, but that's, that's how I initially responded, so I want to apologize to him for that. Now, back to Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch. You know what that sound means. It's time for some Raiders chat. We heard Josh McDaniels. We heard Devontae Adams. We all know the situation. Um... It's Gooch. It's Willie Ramirez. It is Throw the Flag, ESPN Las Vegas. We are live at Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We do it every single week. We're hitting the second hour. Free parking. Incredible kitchen. Lots of big screens. The sportsbook's open. Get down here. Join us. I got T-shirts. I got tickets to give away from different events. But right now, dude, let me tell you something. You are just sit back like a spectator. I'm sitting back. Because... The dude I'm about to bring in, like like we started this show off talking about old school Willie Will, like taking, you know, like just going back to the streets of Las Vegas. Like this dude's got several years, like maybe five, six years on me, but we come from the old school fabric and cloth of Las Vegas. It is my guy, Frank Hawkins, former Raider, Super Bowl champ, Western High legend. He also played at that school up north. Frank, my guy. <laughs> What's going on, Willie? How are you this morning? How are you, my friend? Fired up and ready to go. <laughs> I, I, I told Gucci that you were coming on. He loves to hear the old school Vegas. So before we get into any kind of Raiders stuff and Devontae and Josh Jacobs and the bye week, just I, I told him that we were going to have some old school Vegas chatter. So I'm going to let, let you I, – I sent you the topics this morning. I, yeah. I, is there anything that triggers your memory, your mind, that you want to talk about uh, – just just some old school Vegas that you've been feeling, some vibes you've been feeling lately. So the, uh, the unfortunate part is that my university, the University of Nevada where I attended, they aren't doing very well. They aren't winning, so I ain't happy. University of Nevada, Las Vegas, I don't think they're winning either, so I ain't happy. And the Oakland Ra- Las Vegas Raiders now aren't winning, so I ain't happy. So ain't much to talk about football-wise. But we could talk about women's basketball, which is professional basketball, which is new to Las Vegas, which brought us a world championship. Yay. I'm all excited about that because one thing people need to understand, 
if you want to talk about old school Las Vegas, Las Vegas likes and loves winners. Losers got to go. We don't have time for it. This town wasn't built on losers. People that live here are winners. These new teams, our universities, they know the deal. We got to get better coaches. We got to recruit higher quality athletes. We got to make sure they graduate, stay in the community. We got to win. We're all about winning Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, period. Win, win, win. So, Frank, you're going to like this. So here's the thing. The most successful sports teams in the last calendar year that this town has been able to celebrate is women's basketball. Not only the Las Vegas Aces, but the Mountain West Conference champion and NC2A tournament entry UNLV Lady Rebels, coached by local Lindy LaRock, daughter of former Western coach Al LaRock, old school baby, old school, that old school coaching pedigree. That's good stock, man. I hear you talking. That Western Warrior flip. People don't, you know, people do not appreciate the old days of Western high school in Clark High School and Bonanza High School. They think, they now think that that's like inner city, which maybe it is, but you know what? For guys like you and I, that's our hood. That's right. That's all we had. <laughs> that's all we have now. It's like I said at the beginning of the show. You could take us out the street, but you can't take the street out of us. That's you know, right. That, that's that, right. That, that old Ward One hood is where we came from. <laughs> But that area is still putting I like winners, it in you. <laughs> and you see that? We're still producing winners. So, again, ESPN Las Vegas, throw the flag. We got old school Las Vegas legend, former Raiders, Super Bowl champ, Frank Hawkins, your beloved Raiders. You mentioned it. They're one and four. What gives, man? What do you make of this? Bruh, I got to tell you, it, it starts at the top. Uh, you can't win games unless you can run the football. You can't win Super Bowls unless you can run the football. The Raiders could be very easily three and two if they ran the football. You are never up 17 to 20 points anywhere in the world, and you lose the football game by not running the football. That's how you lose the game. That's how they've done it. You got to play smash mouth football. You got to run the ball down their damn throats. That's how we won a Super Bowl. That's how the Raiders won Super Bowl in, in 1980. We did it in 83-84. It, it, it pains me to see you need one yard or two yards and you put a, a back in the backfield seven yards deep. So now he's got to go 10 yards. And if one defensive lineman or linebacker, or if they split the gap, and they get in the backfield, there's nobody to take that guy out so the running back can make a cut left or right and get the first down. I don't understand that. That is elementary to football. I continually see them try, and not just the Raiders, teams in the National Football League, which absolutely makes no sense. If they want to win, they got to keep running Josh Jacobs the way he's running. That guy is running like he's running for a Super Bowl. But the thing I I don't see, I don't see the toughness. I don't see the smash mouth. I don't see them driving the defensive lineman into the freaking ground. I don't see them beating up on the linebackers. I don't see no the tight ends running down looking for somebody to hit, blindside or otherwise. 
the wide receivers doing crackback blocks. I don't see that, and that's what you need to build toughness. I, when, I, when, I, when I look at them, okay, we can, we can say Josh Jacobs is a great running back. He's running like, with lights out, 100%. But where are our tight ends? Our, our receivers are open. Uh, we, we've had some drops, some fumbles. That, that's a given. But where is our toughness? We need leadership like a Ted Hendricks, a Jack Tatum. Now, mm. I, I love, I love uh, uh, our defensive back, number 224, Abrams. John but we need, we need an Abrams at linebacker. We need an Abrams on the defensive line. We need a, an Abrams on the offensive line. We need an Abrams at wide receiver. We need an Abrams at tight end. We need that kind of will kill, will knock your draws off attitude. I'm here to take no prisoners. At the end of this game, if we lose, we're going to beat you so bad. You ain't going to want to play us again. So gotcha. what you're saying, Frank, is we need some dudes. The Raiders need some dudes. We're talking Frank Hawkins on ESPN Las Vegas. So uh, speaking of running the ball, Frank, as you being a former running back yourself, you've been impressed with Josh Jacobs, but do they need to go running back by committee? How, how much can he handle on no. his own? No, no. You need <laughs> – they need to do what we did in the 80s. You need – uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus Allen, Lord have mercy. I'm still thinking about Marcus. We need, uh, what's the other running back? Um, um, number 34, Amir. Amir. You need, uh, yeah, you need Amir in the backfield, in a split backfield with Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. If, if you did that now, if just on the paper, you got the wide receivers, you get a check. You got the tight end, when tight end comes back, you get a check. You got uh, offensive line, as long as you're running the ball and you're hitting people and not catching people, you got to check. Now you got two running backs in the backfield that can go the distance at any time, and that means you, the defense has to split. The people on the left side got to stay left side because if Jacob is there, they can't afford to let him hit that line. He's going to be gone. If it's on the right side and when you got a mirror, you already know he's got 4-3 speed. If he hits that side... He's gone. So you force the defense not to shift. They got to play straight up man-to-man. The running backs, both of them have already proven they can beat one, and most of the time they can beat two defenders. So if you put those two guys in the backfield together, let them block for each other, they can block. I mean, I I like the fullback, but he's not a blocking fullback. He's a catching fullback. They can hit the man and give the running back – their sidekick, enough room to go to distance. That's what we need. So, uh, Frank, you were drafted in the 10th round in 1981. And I just want to know, what was the scouting like in the in, that early on? I mean, it's like, because right now it's like such a science. You have like, every team has 30 to 50 scouts. And it's like, but back in 1980 when and you analytics. were being scouted. Yeah, and, but back in 1980 when you were being scouted, who who came to see you? Well, the Cowboys came to see me. I was supposed to be a first-round draft pick to them. I tell you what, I've learned over the years what they can't, what they cannot scout is how much heart and how determined a player is. So, so whether you're at Jackson State or USC, most of the guys got the same talent. Either one guy's just a little bigger, a little stronger, or a little faster. But, but that will to win, as Al Davis used to say, they can't measure that. Until you put the guy on the field, I don't care if he runs 4-1. And he's a wide receiver. He can run 4-1 all day. If he can't catch a damn cold, he can't help you win. 
But you take that guy who's got heart, determination, work ethic, and his goal is to win by any means necessary, I want him on my team all day long. So, so when I played, I played with an attitude. I had a point to prove. They made a mistake, and I wanted to punish them by every single guy and every single team. And even in practice, if you're going to line up against me, you better button your trench strap because I'm going to knock you know, you know what in the dirt. And because I'm full speed all the time. Well, I can tell you this much, Frank. When you uh, ran for city council, you did it with an attitude. When you opened up your local businesses, you did it with an attitude. When you text me, you, you got a damn attitude. Frank right. Hawkins, a former local legend. Well, he's still a local legend. This is history we're talking about here. Former Raider Frank Hawkins joining us on ESPN Las Vegas. Gooch, Willie, throw the flag. We're down here at Treasure Island. So let me ask you, uh, obviously, you, I'm, I know you were tuned in Monday night. Um, what, what can emotions be like after a loss? And then having a photographer jump in front of you unexpectedly in an opposing stadium, the loudest one with rivals. It's so out of character for Devontae Adams. And it, it just, it's one of those spur of the moment, boom, boom. Um, the only thing I think he did wrong was he, he really emphasized at the end and he didn't go over right afterwards after realizing it was a photographer. What's your take on that situation? First of all, that's a non-issue. <laughs> that's a non-issue. If you win, it's definitely a non-issue. If you lose, that gives somebody something to talk about. At the Raiders, one nobody will care. I'm gonna tell you a quick two stories. Right. Matt Millen, Matt Millen knocked out the owner of the New England Patriots in the tunnel at the Oakland, I mean at the Los uh, Angeles Coliseum. Uh, Lyle Alzado, we played the New York Jets in New York. They had this big tight, I mean big defensive offensive tackle who's the number one pick, just a monster. We got there, got on the field, got dressed. Lyle walked up to him, walked through their stretching uh, exercises, hit the guy right in the freaking mouth. Didn't say one word, turned around and walked back. Owned him the whole game. So the fact that some reporter, he should not have been there. He should have got his butt out of the way, and that's a non-issue. That's a non-starter for me. But uh, character Losing, winning, we know Bill's character because you get accustomed to playing close games. Now, unfortunately, losing close games, being up by 17 of 20 or 20, also Bill's character. It Bill's character, you're accustomed to losing. You don't believe. You don't think you got enough in the tank to get it done. The Raiders got to turn it around, start winning, win those close games, however you do it. But you got to play like you're here to play. You got to play. Every player has to play the way we have seen Adams running, Jace Jacob, Jacobs running the last two weeks. They all got to play that way. And that's coming from a Super Bowl champion, three time All American, local legend, legend up, up north in Nevada, Frank Hawkins. Frank, I always enjoy. Our text messages, I enjoy when you come on, whether it's Cofield and Company and now part of the Throw the Flag family. So I couldn't thank you enough, uh, my brother. And we are definitely going to have you on um, again, there's no doubt, on one of the shows. So appreciate you taking time out this morning. Anytime, man. I'm glad to do it. You got it. All right, there it is, Frank Hawkins. Man, dude, he and I, there was one day where Cofield sat back and he just, Cofield just kept, like, waving to me, like, no, just, like, you just take it. Yeah, because he was enjoying the banter and we were going off, like, because I, I had, 
I had just gotten so excited. Like we we were, he was watching me get fired up by Frank getting fired up off of my, and the banter was back and forth. It was all old Vegas. I can't wait to put that Wyla Zero story yes. into the open into next week. week. It's right? happening. He knocked out a, an owner, somebody, or Matt Miller knocked out the Patriots <laughs> owner. All right, listen. We uh, we got some uh, throwing the flag to do. I do personally coming up in a minute. We got Steve Cofield coming up in a little bit to talk about UNLV football. Right after this show, Phillies and Braves, locals Bryson Stott and Bryce Harper. Game four, they could move on to the National League Championship Series. That's coming up. Throw the flag. Gooch, Willie, Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. It's a second down and three, and Jacobs, who got a nice block in there from his lineman. You got to take advantage of this field position right now here in the fourth quarter. It's Jacobs stiff arming his way, rounding the corner. What a run by Josh Jacobs. Now, back to throw the flag. Who's the black sheep? What's the black sheep? No, not who I am. I'm feeling like the black sheep. I'm feeling like the black sheep of the local media right now just because, like, I'm ornery and in street mode. You know what I mean? Like, you're ornery in street mode, but you are a black sheep because, again, you show up to press conferences dressed legit. That makes you the black sheep right away. I'm not, I'm not dressed. Uh, you know what? Uh, Golden Knights home opener. I wore uh, I wore some true religions and a uh, a big oversized tan flannel with all the gold. Okay. No suit. Okay. Wait, okay. You just but you just said it though. All the gold. Well, yeah, who the, else is doing that? The jewelry's always going to be on. Of course. You know, and it's there jewelry, not jewelry. Um, all right, so listen, so you're, it's Gooch, it's Willie, we're at Treasure Island, uh, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, ESPN Las Vegas, we do it every single Saturday, 9 to 11, uh, get down here, free parking, great kitchen, sportsbook, Jed's on my left, Lindsay is quarterback in the show, back in the studio, um, Gooch, do you, do you order pizza, you order food? Yeah, yeah. You like food? You I like, love food. You like, yeah. Um, you're a decent tipper? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do about 20%. Okay, so this woman, I read a story. She went on to Uber Eats, $17 bill. And you know, a lot of these services, they have the suggesteds now, right? You get your receipt. Uh, you get a receipt here. It, it'll say suggested, 15, 20, 25, whatever, right? And then you click. So bill came, 20% of 17 is 340 she rounded it up to four dollars. That's twenty three percent. Yeah. No driver would pick it up, pick up her food, and bring it to her. Why? Not enough, I guess. Wow. I mean, doesn't that make you angry? Are we really in a? I mean, like, I, it's almost like, are, are we, are, what are we looking for? Thirty, forty? It's fifty percent now. A standard tip. Well, that's what's going on right now. It's like nobody wants to pay these employees, so they're relying on us, the customers, to cover no, that well, bill. No, that's what it feels well, like. Well, unless, no, unless I, I mean, am I going to start? You know, can I send them a ten ninety nine at the end of it? Like, I have independent contractors that work for uh, Jordan and I at the at the Perfect Gym. Yeah. Can can we send them a ten ninety nine? I mean, the the people these if we're all of a sudden we got to cover what employers don't want to. It's, I mean, here's the thing. There's inflation yes. because of whatever's going on in the world right now, right? So we're paying more money to them because of cost of goods and salaries and minimum wage going up. But yet now we have to pay more in tip as well. Right, to cover the gas or whatever. It's just like there's so many loopholes that they are using. And it's just, this, this whole tip thing, by the way, is something I don't like seeing. I don't like going to uh, like uh, just a... Uh, uh, 
fast food chain, and then there's a 10%, 20% tip on that. I'm like, first off, you hiked up the price of these minimal, like these disgusting burgers, but I'm starving and I got a place I got to be. You're going to hike that up, but you're still going to ask for a tip on top of that? Or the that's one of the reasons why I won't do the, you know, order a uh, mobile app and pick up the order because, like, okay, one of my favorite places after a workout, right? It's I'm not going to say which it is because we don't say, I, I'm you know, Anyway, I'm not going to say the place, right. but it's 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 a place that serves like uh, you could get the rice and in a tortilla and so on and so forth. It's one of those types of places, right? And they get there, and you get the screen, and then they flip it over, and you punch in your email, and it'll it pulls up your reward, so on and so forth. But then they pull it up to 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 do the screen sign, and, and it's the percentage, and it's like. Okay, you made my thing, but like the, the suggested, like for me, like a place like that, if you got a tip jar, I'll throw the buck in. Yeah. You know, but like all of a sudden now 20%, yeah. Yeah. or the mobile orders that when you go to pick it up, or or even a coffee joint, you know what I mean, that where you go to pick it up and you just, I, I don't know, man, I think it's just kind of getting out of control. It's getting yeah, way out of control. I don't mind the gratuity for, for doing your job and, and you're being a good, but the expectation and the entitlement of where you're going with the st- new standards of tipping, eh. Well, this not, is not what upsets it. me about this story. First off, you get tipped after you do the job. She's tipping before the job is that even too. done. That's a good point. And I he's over, yeah. and they're like, oh, whoa, hold on a second here. No, dude. Right. I'm, 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 Bring yeah, me my I, sandwich. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. That's that's a good point. Um, so here here's some people that work hard. The holidays are coming, right? We got holiday shopping. You get, I, I still, you know, my son's growing. You're about to have a child. You're, you're going to get into it, dude. Like, this year's going to be, man, when's the baby due? Uh, December 10th. Yeah, so it's going to, you know, that one's going to be, you know, you're going to be looking for uh, burpee cloths and, and, right, and, and right. little beanies and, yeah. and some toes. And you want to get the mittens so they don't scratch their face while they're sleeping. But next year, you're going to have a blast. Right. Black Friday, I always did a tradition. Even in my 40s, I, my mom and I, we would go. And then when Jordan became of age to where he wanted to start kind of getting into it, we would go at midnight and we'd shop till like 2 in the morning and we'd have fun. It was, a, it was a way to sort of still bond with mom. Target just kicked off its Black Friday deals in October with savings on some Apple AirPods, some uh, Sonos. Is it Sonos? Yeah, Sonos, yeah. Sonos speakers. Uh, is it too early for Black Friday? Yes. Like, why? first off, if you're going to have a Black Friday in October – why not just have it the rest of the year? Why not? Why, why isn't tar- Why isn't Target just going? You know what? Black just, year. Yeah, exactly. Yes, make it black year. Like enough of this, because now the whole idea of Black Friday was the day after Thanksgiving. It was kind of a right. holiday, and now these guys are coming in, going, no, no, no. We want to take advantage of those. We want to ruin this holiday forever. Now we, we went from Black Friday to like. We're going to get things started, like, right, like, Thanksgiving. Like, when you finish your meal, come out, like, at 5, 6. Then we're doing it, like, the night of Thanksgiving instead of at midnight. Yeah. Now it's October. I saw something. I got a notification on my uh, Prime app where, like, and I sent the link to, to Jordan. I was like, hey, are these good Apple uh, Air, AirPods and, or AirBuds, whatever they're called? And uh, he was like, let me send you the better ones because they were, like, $86. But I guess they were one of the original generations or whatever they're called. Um 
and it looks like Target's jumped on the bandwagon, and they're doing it as well. They got sale on all these different headphones. I should actually get some studio ones that are on sale um, because I don't have my own set of cans, as you guys call it, mm. um, now that I'm somewhat of a, of a regular. You got to get in the game, man. You need the tools. I got Well, I'm supposed to have my own gear, you know, instead of showing up and wearing and sharing the wax with everybody else in my in my. I expect your headphones to be gold-plated and nothing less. Nah, you never know. I, I I don't know. I mean, I I've seen I've seen your uh, your former roommate slam some headphones down on press row when something go doesn't go right, like on a Thursday or Monday night <laughs> game, and his fantasy gets blown up. And I've seen you? like like Adam. He's that just, dude is wild. Just a side story about Adam Hill. This is when we were living together. Mm. Do you remember the Music City Miracle? For those of you that don't know, Adam Hill is a what was a giant Bills fan. I don't know oh, if yeah. he still is. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He really turned on him after the Tyrod Taylor situation, yes. which Ty, Ty God. yeah, which was like idiotic when you see how good Josh Allen is playing. But after the Music City Miracle, we had a cardboard cutout of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. He comes home. I was watching the. I was watching on TV. He was at a sports bar. He comes in and just immediately just <laughs> starts punching full force the Stone Cold the Stone Cold Steve Austin cardboard cutout. Punch his head off of the Music City Miracle. And he didn't pay for it. That wasn't his cutout. That was my cutout. And he punched it. Wow. You're giving me some ammo to use if I go to, if I decide to go to the UNLV football game tonight. Oh. Drive back into town to go see that because I know he's going to be there. God bless um, Adam Hill. Okay. Well, speaking of UNLV football, we got, uh, we got, the, we got the broadcast tonight. And uh, 6 o'clock. Here on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Magnum and Paloma, right? Magnum from Lotus, Paloma from Channel 5. They're going to be taking care of you with the pre-pregame. 7 o'clock, Learfield, Russ Langer and Caleb Herring with the pregame. And then at 7.30, it's kickoff. UNLV versus Air Force. Cofield, Russ, Caleb on the broadcast. That's tonight. Right after us tonight, uh, today, Game 4, Phillies, Braves, ESPN Las Vegas, the Phillies looking to move on to the National League Championship Series. For those of you local fans, Bryson Stott, Bryce Harper, big components of yesterday's big win. So that's coming up right after this uh, show. But right after this break, Steve Cofield is jumping on because we're going to be talking UNLV football. It's Gooch. It's Willie. We're at Treasure Island. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar throwing the flag. Make it to Robbins. Brumfield on the roll. With room to run ahead. Brumfield dies. It's time to talk Rebel football. We are getting ready to wind it down here. The lad, we are in the fourth quarter, if you will. Gooch, Willie, throw the flag. ESPN Las Vegas live from Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. UNLV football, Gooch. They're playing tonight. They're coming off a thumping at the hands of San Jose. They went up to San Jose. They lost to San Jose State in terrible fashion. Yeah. Uh, Doug Brumfield is a question mark. Um, he was banged up in the loss. They got a tough one in front of them with Air Force coming in tonight. Uh, Air Force also coming off a, a, a loss. I believe they just lost to uh, Utah State, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very tough. Yeah, UNLV is uh, ten point dogs, but again, it depends on the status of Brumfield. That's 
what really this all hinges on, in my personal opinion. Yeah, it well, it does, but they, they have a defense, you know, that, that has been uh, decent until last week. But San Jose is a lot of – was an, a team that was un, not necessarily underestimated, but you kind of had been waiting to see what Brennan had, Coach Brennan had in, in the Spartans. And they've shown some electricity – and so they really put it on UNLV and, and, and handed it to them. And, and I think that UNLV might have been ripe for a letdown. You know, they, they pulled off some big wins. They had the tough loss against Cal. So um, it might have been something that they were due for, if you will. You know, you never really want to say that someone's due for a loss because they were playing well. But um, this is going to be tough because of tri- Air Force's triple option. They got one of the top rushing games in the nation. Um, it's usually ranked number one. I believe it, it, it's ranked number one, right? Uh, so big question is whether the Rebels' front seven can stop Air Force um, and also getting Aiden Robbins back on track in the, in the rushing game. You know, this is just going to be a respawn game. How well can the Rebels respond from that thumping they took last week? If they can, if they come out strong, hit Air Force right in the mouth, I think the rest of the season looks good. Well, they're, they're definitely – I mean, the rest of the season, is it's not necessarily – you know, where their, su- their season's in jeopardy. The goal is to get two more wins, to get into the bowl Absolutely. game. Absolutely. But as of right now, the goal is to win the – you know, to get to win a shot into the Mountain West Conference Championship. I'm just saying, after they got drummed yeah. as bad as they did last week, like, yeah. you have to clear that out. You have to understand that this is a completely different game, eyes forward. Okay, well, here's, here's, here's the deal. Uh, if they don't win – there are going to be some grouchy folks, and it would be appropriate that it be today because it's National Grouch Day. So it's almost also appropriate for our next guest, National Grouch Day. I told him yesterday, well, that's one of the reasons we were bringing him on, not just to talk UNLV football, not just because he knows the team inside and out and he's on the broadcast team, but Steve Cofield is up with us. Steve? What do you want? See, there. Yeah, yeah. See, Steve, I just wanted to, I just wanted to point this out. In the great Grouch draft in 1997, uh, you were taken number two after Oscar. So I just want to say. So Steve, funny enough, know, I, I was I was taken uh, number one in the Grouch draft in 1972 when I was like two years old. So <laughs> Grouch for life. I, well, from my understanding, you were you you won you went home like we you know when we all went home from the nursery, there was a ribbon, there was this. You got the Grouch uh, Award in the nursery when you came out sure. of the womb. Yeah, sure. I got a little garbage can to sleep in. Yeah, like, like your eyebrows were automatically aimed downwards, like in a V, <laughs> yeah. like yes. right when they came out. Yeah. All right, so let's talk. Let's talk, Doug Brumfield. What what what's the deal? What's his status? Uh, right now, it's still unknown. Um, they're going to keep it close to the vest. I mean, this is the way they operate anyway at most schools, but uh, yeah. there's no way if he's going to play, there's no way Marcus Arroyo is going to indicate it. Uh, we're not going to know until probably, you know, 45 minutes before the game. If he comes out and warms up, then uh, he could be out there. But I would say doubtful going into the game because he never – he said a head injury. He said an ankle injury. Marcus Arroyo never said it was a concussion, so we don't even know if it's a concussion. So right now it's very much up in the air, and – I'm sure Air Force has a decent idea, but if you're Air Force, prepping for Doug Brumfield uh, versus prepping for Cam Friel is a whole different ball of action. I like Cam Friel, but you saw last week that uh, Cooper Lega, who can really run the ball, I think he had 13 carries for 76 yards. A running quarterback gives Air Force a lot of trouble, so they're going to they're gonna keep this close to him right up to the game. Uh, and is there any chance 
Harrison Bailey, I know we saw him earlier this season during a blowout. He came in, didn't look like he was in sync to me. I know that there's, you know, the Twitterverse out there. Hey, we got this guy in from Tennessee. How come he's not in? Let's get him in. Cam Friel seems to be like the guy that should be in. Well, I think Cam Friel's got the number two job, which this week could be the number one job. And I think Harrison Bailey is close. But, you know, last week he really he came in late against San Jose State and on the wrong end of the blowout. And he really didn't get a chance to throw the ball. He just handed it off a bunch of times. I think Harrison's still catching up with the speed of the game and the speed of the UNLV offense. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, he's a former four-star, five-star guy, really highly touted dude. When he went to Tennessee, he did say uh, in the spring, I think it was, if not the uh, fall practice, uh, he did say that the offense here at UNLV was the most, I don't want to use the wrong word, but most uh, maybe detailed offense, complicated offense that he'd seen. Like they ran something that, according to him, was, uh, I guess, less complicated than what UNLV runs. So there's a lot to take in, um, and he just hasn't caught up. And anytime you you watch him, the, the, the two games he's gotten played, playing time in he was just he seemed to be a tick behind everyone else and watching practice you can see that so for all the people out there who are like hey he's from tennessee he should be playing he's got to be better than cam Friel. i don't know right now that he's the best option i think cam Friel is probably the best option espn radio 1100 100.9 fm we're speaking with professional grouch steve cofield and just want to ask how important is it to get aiden robbins back on track especially in this game yeah, super important. I mean, it was one of the things that was driving the offense early in the year, and he's he's been okay the last three games. You know, after he had the 200-plus yard breakout, um, he's averaging 71 yards a game, 3.3 um, yards a carry, so that's not great. And last week he only got 13 carries. I know it was a blowout, but um, they were still you know within hailing distance in the first half and early in the second half. So they've got to get him going. They've got to get – I believe Courtney Reese going out of the backfield, whether it's run or pass. If there's no Kyle Williams today, I think Reese needs to be part of the, the passing game, whether he's split out wide or he's running screens. But with Robbins, you know, one of the big things, and at least Caleb Herring's, you know, the one who mentions this one, is they they pull often when they try to run outside, they, they'll pull Lee Fountain of the center, which is kind of unusual. And um, if you listen to Caleb during the games with Aiden the last couple of weeks, he's talked about Aiden's patience. Um, he sort of looked like a, a Le'Veon Bell type running back. And, uh, you know, when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime, Le'Veon Bell would he'd, he'd kind of you'd get a little worried because he'd be behind the linemen kind of waiting, 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 and then go. And Robbins, according to Caleb, has been a little less than patient on some of those plays where you've got uh, you know, guards and centers pulling in front of him. And essentially Robbins has been out running them before the blocking's been in place. So maybe a little more patience from Aiden Robbins today and he can get going again And this this Air Force defense is good, but it's nowhere as good as it was last year. Last year, that's the reason they had such a, an awesome season. Their defense was just great. And speaking of defense, it's, it's somewhat of a little bit of what UNLV's buttered its bread with this season thus far. We've seen some flashes of greatness. Can the Rebels front se se uh, seven stop the Air Force triple option run game? We're talking about the number one rushing offense in the country. Well, they have to at least slow them down. So, you know, a good game against Air Force is limiting them to, say, 225 yards rushing. Now, almost every other team in the country, they get 225 on the ground against you. You're like, that's a disaster. We're going to get blown off the field. With Air Force, they don't really want to throw. And Hazik Daniels, I think for the year, has attempted 47 passes. So we're, what, six games in here. So you're looking at quick math, an average of just under eight passes a game. They want to run. And last year, they didn't have to pass against UNLV. They broke UNLV, and they went up 
going five eleven on the ground on sixty nine carries, which is a total disaster. But if you can hold them, you know one seventy five two hundred, that's two twenty five. Um, you know in the tight games they've had, that's what teams have done against them. Now they look good. The Rebels did, and it's not as good a triple option, and it's a little bit different, but they look good against the pure triple option versus New Mexico. It's just when New Mexico mixed it up in the first half, they had a really tough time, and then they made really good adjustments, and they had a good second half. So the goods are there to stop this thing. Um, And keep in mind, last year, that game, last game of the season, up there in Colorado Springs, was a totally different situation. The Rebels came in 2-9. and Um, You know, you start getting cut block. You got turnovers. Guys are all dinged up. Justin Rogers was the quarterback. Um, I, I think Air Force really did mentally break them pretty early in the game, and that allowed them to go for 5-11. And Austin Ajakay, their best linebacker, wasn't in. And, you know, some of the biggest keys against this triple option are Ajakay and then the safeties like Jonathan Baldwin. So Ajakay is back. He's one of their best players. So they got a shot. They got a shot. I think they should be very much in the game, and it should not resemble what happened a year ago. ESPN Las Vegas, it's Willie Ramirez with Gooch at Treasure Island throwing the flag with Steve Cofield. Uh, so, Steve, it's college football mental health week. The Rebels are playing to benefit Helinski's Hope Foundation. What is that all about? Yeah, yeah really sad story. Uh, Washington State quarterback back in 2018 was just uh, 21 years old, Tyler Helinski, and people never saw the signs of it coming. Um, it was after the season. It was in January. He actually got some playing time and Posted a big win against Boise, so it seemed like the kid was on top of the world, and he actually committed suicide on January 16th of 2018. So, Hillensky's uh, Hope is a charitable organization to raise awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. Um, horrendous story, but you know it's bringing a lot of attention to the fact that kids between or young people between 10 and 24 uh, need to be uh, nurtured, need mental health. Uh, parents need to be aware, uh, mentors need to be aware of uh, talking to kids. It's actually the number two cause of death in America for people who are between 10 years old and, and 24. So go to helinskyshope.org. You can find out more information about it. And I do like the fact that uh, UNLV has, has paired up with this charity. And, you know, they have, they have some players struggling right now. You know, we've talked about we don't know the exact diagnosis for the problems, but they're starting safety. Tyson player is out with some mental health struggles, and he detailed uh, some of his issues. Uh, we don't have to get into those, but uh, I think he's down for the season. So this is a real issue, you know, with all football programs and schools all over the country and obviously, you know, people of all ages. ESPN Radio 1100, 100.9 FM. We're speaking with Steve Cofield. We're talking Rebels. Uh, but I also want to go back. We're going full circle back to the Grouches, and we just heard yeah. from Frank Hawkins and about Matt Millen and Lyle Azedo literally walking up and knocking people out in the yep. tunnel and right before the game. <laughs> I don't know if you were listening, Steve, but it was one of the best conversations. I mean, you love when Frank comes on our show or you know, oh, yeah. on your show. But, dude, he started telling us. My first thought was, okay, how do I, I got to run sound. I got to pull up the app. I got to, I, we got to get this for money. I, dude, it was the greatest stuff. <laughs> Gooch was already, during the break, he goes, all right, I'm pulling that for the opening. I think he said it on the air. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah. like, how, through, throughout all of your years in sports journalism, how many times have you heard a story like that? Oh, about football players fighting each other or, or fighting on the field or what? We're, t- well, we're talking about Matt Millen slugging the owner of the Patriots oh, yeah. in, the in the face. Tu- in the tunnel. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, those, 
those guys played with a lot of anger. And, you know, I know, you know we've tried to, not that I'm part of football, but football's tried to tone down a lot of the, the violence. But it is still a very violent sport. And, and guess what? Uh, you know, in the trenches, everyone is somewhere between, you know, 260 and 340 pounds. So it, I think a lot of it comes down to intimidation. So, hey, play under control. Don't get stupid penalties, personal fouls. But if you're, especially if you're a defensive lineman, and, and we talk about this around the UNLV football program, that um, Keith Hayward uh, wanted a kind of a different mindset when he took over as a defensive coordinator. And, you know, they've used the word violent. You know, uh, Eliel Himare plays with violence. And it's amazing with Eliel because – He's a dude who wears kind of nerdy glasses, who wear them on the sidelines. He's very soft-spoken, but he is probably the number one player in terms of playing with uh, violence. And he did not play well last week. Ajake did not play well last week. Uh, Himare is still in the country, I think out of like 570 interior defenders. He's still number 22 ranked in the country, and it's because of his approach on the field. So, yeah, the Alzado stuff, I mean, you know, it's been toned down. You don't see as much of it, but – in the trenches, and I mean, this this is the kind of game, think about it. Air Force runs a triple option. Brad Roberts is a guy who, whether he carries the ball or not, because they run a lot of fakes up the middle, he's the dive guy. He's 5'11", 210 pounds. He's got 709 yards rushing this year. I think he had 1256 last year. That guy plays with violence. He deals with violence all the time. And as I said earlier, you know, big keys in this game are going to be up the middle with LEL and Ajake and Baldwin, because Roberts is coming. And whether he's carrying the ball or not, he's going to thump someone. So this is, uh, I'll say violent again, this is going to be a violent game, and whoever gets the job done in terms of pushing the other one around is going to win the game. Well, you talk about uh, six five, six six linemen, the guys in the trenches. What I need to see is if Marcus Arroyo has any sort of Woody Hayes in him, because I still remember the Orange Bowl. <laughs> I think it was the Orange Bowl. You remember oh, that? Yeah. You were a kid, right when he grabbed. I think it was a Clemson player at the uppercut on the sidelines. I mean, the coach. Forget six five. We're talking. What was Woody Hayes? Five seven and and a buck eighty. Wet. Come on now. Yeah. That was a little sore. Stuff. Little sore loser time from Woody, but. Uh... Yeah, Arroyo, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to do that. Arroyo uh, did back up his players against New Mexico. You had that borderline dirty hit that, um, you know, knocked down Doug Brumfield on the sidelines, and a player kept jawing, and a Mexico player kept jawing after it, and Arroyo got yep. right in the mix. So he's, uh, as Brent Brennan, the coach of San Jose, was joking last week, uh, he's good friends with him, but he's envious because uh, Arroyo lifts and has the uh, the pythons. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that you want Marcus Arroyo getting in the mix with someone, but I don't think he's going to back down uh, in a situation where his players need a little physical and mental backing. All right, I gotta get, I gotta, that means i got to get Arroyo in the perfect gym and get a lift in with this guy. Steve, I appreciate you taking some time out. I know you're preparing for tonight. Uh, big show, right? we got 6 o'clock. we got Paloma and Magnum with the pre-pre. we got Caleb and, um, Caleb and Russ, Caleb Herring, Russ Herring at 7. And then 7.30, you jump in on the broadcast. Kick off at Elysian Stadium, UNLV and Air Force. I will see you at the stadium tonight. Thanks for jumping on. Yep, I'm ready. Get out there, fans. It's going to be a good game. All right, there you have it. You heard it from the grouch uh, firsthand. You don't want him getting grouchy for Monday's show. It's Gooch. It's Willie. We are at Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, ESPN Las Vegas. Hey, we're winding it down. The final flag is coming. Coming back right after this on ESPN Las Vegas. So be careful. Get married. I went out and found the perfect woman, 19 years old, beautiful face, 
This, she was so fine. She's one of the people that's so fine. When you see them, they make you ugly. You be like, she was fine. I went out, cut all my girls off. I said, that's it. I'm getting married. This is it. Gonna be me and her. I was so happy. And I went out and I went shopping. And I was waiting on the line. And I saw the Inquirer magazine while I was waiting on the line. And I saw Johnny Carson on the front page. It was a picture of him like this. Then I said, what's up with Johnny? I turned to the inside story, and his wife was on the other page, and she was like this. And overhead, it said, Johnny's wife wants half Johnny's money. The final flag. Love is hard. Eddie Murphy, baby. Eddie Murphy from Raw, <laughs> right into Teddy Pendergrass, Love TKO. Uh, <laughs> Willie Ramirez, Gooch, we are at Treasure Island throwing the flag, as we do every week, ESPN Las Vegas. We're going to bring our quarterback in on this one, Lindsey Downtown, Lindsey Brown, my girl. What's up, Lindsey? An honor uh, as always, gentlemen. Did you see – I know you saw this story. So a man, shirtless, gets on his knees in the aisle. Romance. And proposes – to his lady. She leans into him, says something, little shake of the head, gets up and walks to the top of the concourse. Guy sits down and starts drinking his beer. No, it looked like an emphatic no. So, yeah, and the one thing he had the words, say yes, yes, yes on his chest mm. after he took his shirt off. Oh, God. What, what do you make of this, Lynch? Uh, I, that just sounds like a guy that says, I'm going to make this all about me, but say it's about her. And it's, first of all, you're at an Islanders game and it's like the second game of the season. Like that's where you go wrong right away. It's not even a good team anymore. Uh, and then the fact that he took the shirt off, you're just like, of all the things, like if that, if that woman said yes, I'm like I, the dumbest thing of all time, but she's the smartest person in America, at least for the next couple of days for my book. Now, in the story, it did say that she said yes, but my deal is, is once she says yes, she walks away. Is that typically what, what happens during a marriage proposal? You're no. like, yeah, I'll do it, but to get the hell away from me. That's not I, a good that, start. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was in the in the story that was in the New York Post. Uh, it, uh, you know, the only th problem that I had with this, Linz, is that it did not take place at T-Mobile because you know, uh. since season one. Like, sitting next to Danny Webster and then whoever has been on my right, that's been the rotating seat. But sitting next to Danny Webster, we annually have been waiting for the no. Like, oh, oh, look, look, look. Is this up, 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 up? We look at the jump and try. Is this going to be the day? Is this going to be? Oh, she said yes. It just feels coercive when you're doing it in front, yes. of, front of thousands of people. And I'm just yes. like, I, I just... In a power dynamic situation, I, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like my partner, potential no. life partner, putting me in that situation. And so, but teach their own. Five. And, no. I, and you also got to think that is this staged again? Like every one of these marriage proposals, because we've seen the no and like a cake gets shoved in the guy's face or something like that. But it never looks real. What did you think? Did you think that there's a possibility that this could be set up to? I mean, it certainly goes through your mind, but I just, it's the shirt off thing for me that just shows this is, this is the guy's idea. He's going for it. And I appreciate that for him. But at the same time, I just, I would never say yes. I, I would, I would never get in a position with someone where they would propose to me in, a, in an arena setting. But what again, could be that's worse? Mine. I, I, this, this is like the pinnacle for me because okay. it, it, it right, honestly well, is. I propose this. I propose we bring a close to this show because it's another successful week. We want to end it on a good note. Uh, thank you to our guests, by the way. Stephen Wino from the Associated Press. Steven, uh Frank, oh, I was going to do him last. Okay. Week. Steve Cofield on National Grouch Day. 
and Raider legend, local legend, Frank Hawkins, thanks to my guy Jed on the left, Lindsey downtown, Lindsey Brown, quarterback in the show back in the studio, Gooch and Willie. We do it every single week here at Treasure Island. Coming up after this show, Phillies and Braves, game four, Phillies with locals Bryson Stott and Bryce Harper trying to get to the National League Championship Series tonight, 6 o'clock, pre-pre-game with Paloma and Magnum, UNLV football, 7 o'clock, Russ Langer, Caleb Herring, and at 7.30, it's kickoff from Allegiant Stadium. It's the Rebels in Air Force. Join us back here next week, Treasure Island, Golden Circle, Sportsbook.